What's up? This is Jeff. Welcome to Jeff's podcast. Today, I have to skip the intro before the start of the show, and I was really shocked by the news about the passing of talents and celebrities this week, as the first quarter of 2022 is coming to a close soon. First on the list is manga artist Mia Ikumi, and the official website of Kodansa's Nakayoshi Magazine announced that she passed away at the age of 42 last March 7th due to subarachnoid hemorrhage. A subarachnoid hemorrhage means that there is bleeding in the space that surrounds the brain. Most often, it occurs when a weak area in a blood vessel on the surface of the brain bursts and leaks. The blood then builds up around the brain and inside the skull increasing pressure on the brain. Ikumi made her manga debut, beginning with her first manga, is The Sleeping Princess of Berwick Forest in 1997, which served as a writer at the age of 18, and this is her first attempt on making a manga. After her first manga, she did the manga adaptation of Superdoll Lika, produced by animated studios Genko, Group TAC, and Madhouse, which is based on the longest-selling and popular doll Lika-chan, produced by Takara, which becomes Takara Tomi, published in Nakayoshi from November 1998 to October 1999, releases two book volumes. The anime was designed to serve as a means to adapt their line of dolls and create a line of action figures. However, the new figures were only a mild success and did not remain in production for long. The story centers on an ordinary elementary school girl, Dika Kayama. It details the strange circumstances surrounding her origins and also delves into the origins of her protector, doll Lika. She descends from a long line of defenders of the fantasy kingdom from which all fairy tales originate. She and her family must use three superpower dolls along with the help of her friends to thwart the machinations of Professor Scarecrow and his minions. I already watched the anime on Hero TV here in the Philippines where the anime was aired and it's a Nueto classic back in the early 2000s. After the success of Lika Manga, she is drawing a new manga which is Tokyo Mew Mew and manga writer Reiko Yoshida is collaborating for the series. Ikumi spent a year designing the manga before the release. The stories he originally presented to her editors, titled Tokyo Black Cat Girl, featured a heroine named Hime Asumi. An intergalactic police officer named Masa gave her the ability to transform into a cat girl and asked her to aid him in defeating alien invaders called the Bugs. After the production team decided to focus on five female superheroes, Ikumi was asked to reconstruct the lead character. She had reservations about the changes as the character was originally designed for a more dramatic series. Kodansa hired Yoshida to be the series scenario writer and story supervisor. She and two other editors determined each volume's plot, created a scenario by adding stage directions and dialogue, and presented it to Ikumi. Ikumi added her own ideas and changes, creating the manuscript's first draft, which was taken to the publishers for final review and approval. This differs from most manga series in which the manga writer also creates the scenarios and stories before submitting them to their editor for approval. Tokyo Mew Mew centers on five young girls infused with the DNA of endangered animals, which gives them special powers and allows them to transform into Mew Mews. Ichigo Momomiya is the leader of the group, together with Meet Aizawa, Itasu Midorikawa, Bowling Wong, and Sakura Fujiwara, as they fight against the aliens led by Deep Blue, together with his minions Crusade, Pie, and Part, as they are planning to destroy the world. They use the chimera animals, which are blob-shaped parasitic aliens, used to infect animals and change them into monsters. 
Ichigo has a crush on Masaya Aoyama, who knew that he found Ichigo's real identity, but initially pretends otherwise as he knows Ichigo does not want him to know. The series is well received by English language readers, with critics praising the manga for being a cute and entertaining series with free-flowing style and character designs. Several volumes of the manga series appeared in the top 50 sales list for graphic novels in their respective months of release. Critics praised it for being a modern manga that typifies the magical girl formula, highlighting both its strengths and weaknesses. They compared to Toy's social heroes such as Sailor Moon and Pretty Cure, including Yes, Pretty Cure 5, due to both having female protagonists, five original team members with signature colors and powers, and similar plot lines as have many magical girl series. The original series published in Kodansa's Nakayoshi magazine of September 2000 to February 23 released seven book volumes and adapted into a sequel published from April 2003 to February 2004, releases two book volumes. It also published a spin-off titled Tokyo Mew Mew Ole with manga artist Madara Seizuki, which focuses on a new team of male Mew Mews. It adapted into a 52-episode animated series from February 2002 to January 2003. After the success of Tokyo Mew Mew, she is working with other manga projects to be drawn with including Koi Cupid in Flex Comic, Comic Lichi and Comic Lichi Plus from 2005 to 2008, releases five book volumes. But Ikumi remembers that Tokyo Mew Mew might be her manga series to be successful, and fast forward to 2020, her manga is celebrating its 20th anniversary and planning to remake the anime adaptation of the series, which adapts the entire volumes of the manga, just like Natsuki Takaya's Fruits Basket, where the anime is adapting the entire manga. Ikumi is supervising the series with the new anime staff and new cast members. Ikumi is one of the most talented manga artists, and she is changing the landscape of the magical girl genre. The remake of the animated series is set to air this July, and this will be her wish that the series is making it successful before she passes. And last on the list is WWE Hall of Famer Scott Hall. Paul passed away at the age of 63 due to heart attack last Monday, March 14th, and longtime wrestling promoter Jerry Jarrett announced earlier this month that Paul had been hospitalized after breaking his hip in a fall, and Wayne Keller of PW Torch reported last Sunday that Paul had been placed on life support after suffering three heart attacks following hip surgery. Keller noted that the heart attacks were the result of a blood clot. Hall's close friend and tag team partner Kevin Nats posted on his Instagram that Hall would be taken off life support once his family was present. He told that he was going to lose the one person on this planet. He spent more of his life with him than anyone else. He loves Scott, but now he has to prepare for his life without him in the present. As he prepares for a life without him, just remember, there goes a great guy he ain't going to see another one like him again. WWE Hall of Famers legends, and superstars from around the squared circle have given thoughts and prayers for Hall. In the latest episode of Monday Night Raw, the show gives tribute to Hall including Kevin Owens, who calls Hey Yo, which is a signature introduction, and Damien Priest also pays respect to Hall, where he uses his surf entrance and uses Hall's signature move, the Razor's Edge. Hall made his debut in 1984 when he competed in American Wrestling Association, or AWA, where he won the Tag Team Championship together with Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning. He jumped into the WCW or the World Championship Wrestling in 1991-1992 before he became a star in WWE. WWE gave Hall the name Razor Ramon, 
and he took to the gimmick, which was that of a Cuban-American living in Miami. Hall said many times over the years that he drew inspiration from Scarface characters. As Ramon, Hall was known for his cool demeanor as well as his gold chains and toothpick, the latter of which he threw at opponents before matches. Under the Razor Ramon gimmick, Hall was one of WWE's biggest stars in the mid-1990s, holding the Intercontinental Championship on four occasions. He also competed in one of the first high-profile ladder matches in pro wrestling history, beating Shawn Michaels for the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania 10. While in WWE, Hall formed a close bond with Nash, Michaels, Triple H, and Shawn Waltman, also known as X-Pac and 123Kid. Together, they became known as The Click, which was a known group to tune in fans, despite the fact that it was never acknowledged on screen. In 1996, Hall and Nash changed the business in myriad ways, as they made the leap from WWE to WCW. Before leaving, Hall, Nash, Michaels, and H embraced in the middle of the ring at a house show at Madison Square Garden in New York City. The incident became known as the curtain call, and it was significant since fans had rarely seen wrestlers break kayfabe in the form of intermingling between heels and faces. He made his return to WCW, making his way to the ring, through the crowd and creating the illusion that he was invading WCW from WWE. He became one of the members of the Outsiders and they formed the New World Order or NWO with Hulk Hogan who suddenly turned heel. Hall was one of WCW's biggest stars and top dogs, holding the WCW World Tag Team Championship seven times, the United States Championship twice, and the Television Championship once. He never won the WCW World Heavyweight Championship, however, and will go down as one of the best pro wrestlers to never win a world title in a major promotion. Hall made his return to the WWE in 22, and they reunited NWO with Nash and Hogan, but his return was short-lived and gave a match against WWE Hall of Famer Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania 18 before he decided to retire from the squared circle. After he retired from the squared circle, he discovered that he got sober and became one of the great combat stories in wrestling. In order to improve his health, WWE Hall of Famer Diamond Dallas Page gives advice to Hall, which led him into the WWE Hall of Fame. He was inducted twice in 2014 and also in 2020 as a member of NWO. Hall will go down as one of the most recognizable, popular, and celebrated stars in the history of professional wrestling and one of the key players behind the biggest boom in pro wrestling from the mid-1990s to the early 2000s. He calls a bad guy with a bad attitude. Hard work pays off, dreams come true, bad times don't last, but bad guys do. Rest well, Hall. See you on the road. If you have comments or suggestions, let us know in the comments. Follow Jeff11 Manchester on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to youtube.com slash Well, that's about it for Jeff's podcast. This is Jeff. We'll see you in the next podcast.